Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to my Show Me the Science podcast where I bring you what I think is very interesting science stories. And this week, great story. I think this is a really brilliant one. They have found a skull in China that's a new species of hominid. Now, a remarkable scientific discovery has been made in China. Researchers say they found the skull. Now, us humans, we're homo sapiens. We're in our species called homo sapiens. There are two other species of hominids that became extinct, the Neanderthals that we all know about, and another one called Denisovans, which are less well known. But they are the three species of hominid. And now we have a fourth one. And this is a huge discovery, of course, if it pans out as a single skull. So let's hope it all uh, adds up when they do a further analysis of it. But this skull is definitely a human. In other words, we're all, these are all human species. And it's very, very different from the other skulls. And it's got various features that strongly suggest it's a whole different subspecies, they often call this. They're called subspecies partly because we can interbreed together, is the way to think of it. Um, and this one is a new subspecies of hominid. Now, they've dated this to 146,000 years ago. Isn't that incredible? So that's when these particular versions of humanity were walking the earth, I guess. And as I say, they think it's a new species. And it's probably uh, most related the Denisovans that are that other species they reckon by analysing it very carefully. Now, how do they find this? Well, that part of the story is amazing as well. It was actually discovered 85 years ago by a Chinese labourer, found in China, and this labourer was uh, digging up and he finds this skull and then for some reason he hides it. And it was 1933 is when it's reported that he found it, first of all. And then on his deathbed, he tells... A member of his family, I found this skull. He'd hidden it for all those years. And in 2018, the skull is revealed by a relative. And then the scientists begin to analyse it. And that tells us something. It's taken, what, three years of analysis uh, to study this skull in great detail. Now, one question is, why did he hide it? Well, where it was found in China at that time, the Japanese had occupied that part of China. The winged spectre of war hovers over Shanghai. Japanese planes strike the first blow and it's a terrible one. And this Chinese guy didn't want to give it to the Japanese because he figured, let's keep it for us Chinese. He was worried for some reason if he gave it to them. So therefore he hid it, which is the strange part of the story, I guess. And it's taken all this time for it to be revealed. And at last, we now have this skull. And it was given to Hebei University. And these very, very sort of uh, clever, I suppose you might call them, um, analysts got involved and they began to analyse the skull in various ways and realised pretty quickly and excitingly that this was a whole new species had been discovered to join the other three species. Now, what do we know about it? Well, well, the first thing is it's big. And in fact, it's been given the name Homo longi, uh, the word longi. Now, the reason why it's called longi is related to uh, dragon because it's found near a place called the Dragon River and it's been nicknamed Dragon Man. A dragon! A dragon! Yes. Actually is the nickname for this. So, so the name comes from where it was found, I guess. And obviously we have the other species as well, but this Homo longi is this particular skull. Now, it's big. Uh, the brain, they predict, is 7% larger than our own brains. Look at the size of that boy's head. It's like an orange on a toothpick. And that doesn't mean it was any more clever, by the way, because size isn't everything when it comes to brains. But still, the brain was slightly larger, which is very, very interesting. And then the structure of the skull is quite different. Um, it's got different features. It's got a very thick brow. A bit like Neanderthals, I guess. Squarish eye sockets. Now, you can imagine when they see this, they realise this must be a different species because the shape of the skull is very, very different. This specimen is either a below average human being or a brilliant beast. Stupid pig. And then one feature was an oversized teeth. So whatever this 
species was had a very big mouth, shall we say, and a bigger brain, and therefore maybe a different diet and they're speculating on what these big teeth might mean. And of course, what it means overall is another human lineage in East Asia, which is where the Denisovans were. So it's a very interesting finding in many ways that tells us about our, our history as a species, I suppose, is the way to think of it. Now, the other thing that they, um, they realised is, you know, will they find more? There's now lots of excavations going on to see if they can find more examples of this, because often this is based on a limited number of samples. But this is so different, they're very confident that, as I say, it's a different subspecies. And the big question we have, like, why would this matter? Well, it means that there was a, a common ancestor to all four species now, probably 600,000 years ago. So there was some species of Homo, as is the name, and, and that gave rise to four subspecies, us humans, Homo sapiens, Neanderthals, Denisovans, and now Homo longi. So there's a fourth one descended from this ancestor 600,000 years ago. And obviously through time then, we all begin to differ as a subspecies and we become these distinct species with different features. And of course, the reason why this is most, it's interesting anyway, in terms of the history of humans on Earth. But I guess more importantly than that, did we interbreed with Homo longi? Now, you might wonder why that's important. Uh, would it matter or would it not? Well, it could matter a lot. And the reason why we know that is an incredible discovery was made whereby there was evidence that we had interbred with Neanderthals. Now remember, Neanderthals were in Europe when Homo sapiens left Africa. Uh, we came across them, so Homo sapiens begins in Africa, our, our species. We leave Africa probably about 100,000 years ago, they reckon, although the, the dates can be a bit uncertain. We go into Europe and we meet the Neanderthals, so at least a million of them in Europe at that time. And they were quite distinct to us. Again, they had physical features that were a bit different. Uh, they were thought to be like a more primitive Homo species. They're changing their opinion on that lately, actually. They probably were quite sophisticated. Gradually, the Neanderthals cells become extinct. And remember, so do the Denisovans and now Homo longi, all three of the others become extinct. We don't know any Neanderthals around at the moment. Uh, there's always opportunity for jokes here. Uh, maybe there are, there are some Neanderthals in my hometown of Bray County. Sorry, Bray, I didn't mean it. But no, there's no evidence of any Neanderthals um, anywhere else in the world that become extinct. And, and one question is, why did these different species become extinct? Uh, did we wipe them out? Of course, there's a chance that we were a bit smarter and we managed to wipe them out. We could have just outbred them is one idea or maybe some infection cropped up that, and they were more sensitive to the infection than we were so we don't really know why these different uh, subspecies became extinct but then when we met them the big question is did we actually procreate now um, th this was a bit controversial for a long time they're so different to us Neanderthals that we probably wouldn't want to uh, have babies with them as it were uh, like early on and I'm talking maybe 20-30 years ago some experts said it's a bit like that, that a man and a chimpanzee procreated together and that, that wouldn't have given rise to a viable species mind you but they were so different to us the question is did we actually uh, have babies with them but guess what DNA analysis says we did now how can this work well they analyzed the DNA of Neanderthal samples they compared that DNA to our DNA and we share certain genes so in all likelihood, we got those genes from Neanderthals. And there's a subset of genes in us modern humans, which we got from um, uh, interbreeding with Neanderthals. And then those genes get passed on down to the generations. They get diluted, of course, because the offspring might continue having sex and procreating with other Homo sapiens. So eventually they dilute out. But still, these genes are extremely interesting because the, the genes we inherited from Neanderthals, first of all, we inherited genes to do with keratin. Now, keratin is the stuff in your skin, it's in your hair, it's in your nails. And it looks as if the Neanderthals had very robust 
skin, hair and nails. We think that's because they were living in a pretty harsh environment in Europe at that time. So we inherited the strength in our nails and hair and skin from Neanderthals. That's one set of genes that we inherited. A second one, more importantly, possibly, is certain diseases. Now, we know uh, there's certain genes behind uh, gene variants behind Crohn's disease and behind type 2 diabetes. They were seen in Neanderthals. So we may well have inherited a susceptibility to those inflammatory diseases through Neanderthals. And that's got to be important because obviously if we want new treatments for those diseases, we could study those in more and more detail. And then the other one that's interesting is pale skin. So it turns out that we became pale in Europe because of Neanderthals. They had pale skin. We interbred with them. Those genes gave an advantage and then began to persist in the population. Why would that be? Because in, in Northern Europe, uh, we need to make vitamin D in our skin. And if your skin is dark, it turns out you can't make quite so much. Pale skin means you can make lots of vitamin D. And vitamin D is very important for bone strength. And as we've discussed before, your immune system. So it looks as if we uh, inherited the pale skin from Neanderthals. And then we can synthesize vitamin D in that way where the sun is less intense. As you move north, uh, the sun gets less intense. So therefore you need pale skin to make it. And then one last one that's very interesting is we inherited addiction to nicotine from Neanderthals. Isn't that a very strange one? So we now know that addiction is partly genetic. There are certain genetic variants that increase your risk of becoming addicted to nicotine, of all things. And it looks like as if we inherited those from Neanderthals. Now, what's going on there? We, we, we can't imagine that Neanderthals were sitting in a cave uh, puffing on a cigarette. That seems unlikely. It probably means some food stuff or something else that we needed, that the Neanderthals needed to eat a lot of and became not quite addicted to, but certainly was a big part of their diet. Uh, and that then turns into a, a nicotine addiction is the idea. So it's a strange one, isn't it? And again, that's useful because if we want to come up with new treatments for addictions, uh, maybe that gene is the one to go after to see if we can affect that gene in various ways. So a set of genes, basically, that we carry around with us, we inherited from Neanderthals. So we are the product of Homo sapiens coming into Europe, meeting Neanderthals, and then, you know, having sex, and then babies are born, and then we see the whole genes then travel on through the population all the way down to us. So the big question is, did we have... A baby, Homo sapiens is the way to put it, with this new species of Homo longi. And we don't know. It's, we can't get DNA out of this sample, it turns out, because it's fossilised. Although they might try, I suppose. But it's very hard to get. If we could isolate DNA from uh, this new hominid, we could compare that DNA sequence to Homo sapiens just to see if there's overlapping genes and see if we, and that would give us information on us as a species, wouldn't it, in a sense? So the Neanderthal one is good because we are descended from those those offspring. Now we also, by the way, did have uh, sex with Denisovans. And we can see genes in Denisovans. We're still trying to figure out actually what those genes do. Um, and again, interestingly, it could be in the immune system. So we might have inherited some of our immune genes from Denisovans. So we're the product, basically, of Homo sapiens leaving Africa, traveling around the world, meeting another species of our subspecies of hominid. And then, you know, and then we have offspring and then we're descended from those offspring. Isn't it striking? And the big question now is, are we descended from the offspring? of humans and Homo longi. So a fourth species of humans. We'd love to know more about them. We'd love to see more samples, actually. That'd be very useful if we could uh, isolate more uh, examples of bones or teeth or whatever it might be from them. And then we could maybe get some DNA and study to see if we are descended from this extra species of humans. So who knows what might happen next and who knows what we might learn about us as a species from studying our far-flung relatives from all those years ago. 
So thank you very much for listening. And of course, my podcast is available for download every Thursday. It's a News Talk production. And thank you very much.